0: Hey, welcome back to the Infest Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And there can be only one.
1: One Henry Cavill. Yes. And certain people we know are very, very ready for this. Did you watch her video? No, but I saw the title <laughs> of it. <laughs> My so, body is ready. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I watched up until the part she said she her uterus was doing somersaults or cartwheels or something and i had to turn it off because like i my, my wife was like she's drunk i'm like no she's just high on cavil um yeah anyway so we'll get to that um so yeah so we got news bites this week we're talking nightwing issue 80 um this series keeps getting better uh we're talking the bad batch um this series i have thoughts uh and then soups and lolo returns and i gotta say i'm mad at y'all uh, it had, it lost 40% of its audience from five weeks ago. Um, and it, this was a great episode, just spoiler alert, spoiler alerts. Um, but yeah, anyway, D what's going on, man? How you doing?
1: It's a long week, but ready to wind down a little bit. It actually feels like summer outside. Yeah. It, it actually feels like summer or summer is almost here. I should say. And thankfully, over on this side of the river, I have yet to see any of those buggy, Cicadas? nasty creatures. Yes. Yeah, I haven't
0: seen one yet. We, ha- we haven't had any yet. I'm curious if the dogs going to try and eat them.
1: Well, uh, evidently dogs do. Because just she walks a dog and she was the dog was trying to eat them. Yeah. So. But we'll so. see. I don't know. Toph, Toph might have a good time. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I'm more concerned about the fact that a mouse crawled up under the hood of my new car and tore it
1: up. So that's fun. Yeah,
0: it's fixed. They,
1: they, you know, super you know it. what you do. Yeah. You um, find that mouse. You don't do anything to that mouse, yeah. but what you do is tie it up, find its family, <laughs> and just obliterate its family. And 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 you say, you know, why I did this? I'm sending a message. Tell your other mice friends this ha- what will happen to them no, no, no. and their families. Feed
0: the mouse's family to a snake one at a time in front of them, <laughs> keeping them all in a box where they can't see anything other than my hand reaching down to grab them. <laughs>
1: That's actually even better.
0: Dude, you, you can't do a, like, who's more sick in the head off than,
1: than you know.
0: I'm always going to win.
1: Sending a message. Well, because some of the stuff I just I'd rather not. I have a reputation to uphold.
0: I'm I'm waiting to hear what his reputation is. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right, let's uh let's hop right into this. We uh we 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 opened wit with this, so we might as well start the news bites off. With uh, Henry Cavill is picked to uh, slated, selected, cast uh, to star in the Lionsgate Highlander reboot from Chad Stanleski, um, Who, if you don't recognize that name, shame on you. Shame, shame on you. Uh, he was Keanu Reeves' stuntman in The Matrix. Uh, but more importantly, he was the director of John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with the Kerry Williamson pen script. With William H. Moritz and Josh Davis producing. uh, So the article's in Dateline, uh, or Deadline, not Dateline. (laughs) Uh, So we don't know the plot yet. um, And it says here as is whether Cavill will be playing a brand new character to the universe or character from a previous project. The reboot has been gestating for a while, with everyone from Ryan Reynolds to Justin Lin involved at some point. But sources say these latest pieces coming together put the film into a position to go into production. Mm -hmm. Um, Real quick, here's my thought. Henry Cavill is probably like one of the three biggest male stars on the planet right now. And Lionsgate was brilliant to snatch him up when Warner Brothers did their Warner Brothers thing. Um, they sh-
1: shat the bed again.
0: Because, well, right. But here's the thing: is like the the whole deal that we talked about earlier this week with Warner Brothers. It's going down a little bit different than than what was originally reported. Discovery is going to be the one um, taking on Warner Media, and so there's all sorts of rumors flying. Like Discovery is very, when I say it's conservative, I'm not saying like Republican or Democrat conservative. I'm saying they're very conservative with what they do. Right? They 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 are. They try and be for everyone. Um and so I can't imagine they're gonna want to be attached to a black Superman with Tanahisi codes. I hope not. So
1: I, I really don't. I, I mean so... I, I
0: just can't I can't I can't imagine that's something that that they as a company would want to do. Um but yeah, I, I want I want I want Cavill to play to play Connor uh in in the Highlands of Scotland. Um i think i think that would be a good role for him i mean we know he can fight the other thing i thought is he might be a good ramirez sean connery's character
1: yeah i honestly i would rather this is one of those cases i just rather him them do a lore for his character especially if it's going to be because this is the thing and first of all for when i heard this news i i went daniel bryan and i just did the yes 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 because i'm a huge fan of cavill yeah um so I mean I've, I've yeah I've liked him yeah I loved him in Man of Steel. First I actually saw uh, one of my other good movies from the early 2000s when he was a teenager was um oh what is that movie um, the Count of Monte Cristo he played the son yep Edmund Dantes son. So this is kind of why I want this to be its own standalone or. And this is the other thing. It could be one of those things how horror movies have done, like uh, Halloween did, where it completely blasted all the Halloweens after the first one. Mm-hmm. And then that was canon. If they did that with this, it would be Highlander 1 and Highlander the series. Yeah, Because those are the only two good parts about the Highlander I never saw the anime, so I, I have no idea what that's about. I was just looking it up. I was like, "Oh, there's no, a Highlander I anime."
0: I don't remember. I don't know if it got released.
1: Yeah, yeah, it could have been one of those. But, but also, there was a Highlander because I remember when they were talking about Ryan Reynolds a few years ago. Yeah, I was and they like, also... I was like,
0: "No, God, no, please, no, please." <laughs> no, no he, God, yeah, he,
1: no. no, no, no. I love Ryan Reynolds in certain roles, but he can only play certain roles. And a Highlander, no, he can't do that. But there was also a game that I was looking forward to for a while. This was like seven, eight years ago and kept reading it. Oh, it's in production. It's this. And then they just, I guess, axed it or what have you. But yeah, this is good news. You're right about Lionsgate. And I, yeah, I'm really hoping this is kind of, it, they could do their own thing with this, oh, yeah. especially with. Stilheski, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the helm. I'm looking forward to the action. And with him doing The Witcher, he's already, you know, he's already uh, proficient in swordcraft because yeah. he does all his stunts and everything. So he's going to be able to just like, just get right into that role. And that's, I mean, that's going to take a lot off of, you know, because a lot of times movies like this, it's that training of learning how to use whatever oh, yeah. weapon yep. the, the, he did, he's not going to have to do that so well, this the, is
0: the witcher good. has done a lot of really cool things with special effects with the swords where he's actually fighting with like a half sword and yes. they're they're CGIing the rest of the sword in. i thought that was a really cool like reveal in, in some of those youtube videos here's what i would really like for this to be is it's 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 a direct spin also of, spin off of highlander the raven and he's and and, and it happens after highlander the source where he's Duncan's kid, because Duncan was the one who could have,
1: kids. but that would make all of that other stuff <laughs> canon. Which
0: oh I'm kidding. Gosh. Oh my god, I I couldn't even say that was a uh, sweet face. No, I know.
1: Um, right? Honestly, that, like let's let's just. I, like, I got uh, sick in the stomach a little bit from I'm, that.
0: I'm, I'm I'm like I love Highlander. I I've watched. I still yes. watch this series. I told you. I, I think I'll, I'll tell this again. Um, uh, the guy from the Who, who played Fix Can. On Highlander. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Eric, whatever his name is. Uh Eric Idle. No, that's not right. Anyway, everyone knows who I'm talking about. Uh I was like, this guy's the lead singer of the Hugh? That's Hugh Fitzkin from Highlander. Like, you know, I was it, Yeah, oh yeah, I remember you they, told they, me they, that. Yeah. They, it never ever crossed my mind that they were the same person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate 70s music. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> But no, I I think I I would like this to be just a fresh reboot, start with Connor or start with Connor. Yeah, start with Connor. Um you know, maybe it's maybe this is this could be part of the time in between um you know, when when the crew and kills Ramirez and, and Connor's learning how to be Connor. Um that might be cool where it's just strictly a period piece. There's no Krugen. There's none of that. It's just, it's just Connor McLeod, like learning to be the Highlander,
1: the Kurgan, who so. who played that. Was that that's was Clancy, that Clancy, Brown? Clancy Brown? Okay, yeah, Mister yeah. Mister Krabs himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I'm care really what you
0: say. T- Mister Krabs is the greatest thing Clancy Brown has ever done. A hundred percent. That like I, you, I will fight anybody to the death about that.
1: I'm really excited about this and I'm really looking forward to see him getting a franchise of his own.
0: Absolutely.
1: Take that WB.
0: (laughs) W. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on to, uh, we have some green lantern news uh, or bad news as the case may be. So David Ramsey is set to direct next week's or has directed next week's uh, soups and Lolo, uh, which and is great is super exciting to hear, but we, we get a, uh, and so this is from cosmic, uh, cosmic book news. Uh, I don't know how like on the ball they are. They didn't really cite their source. Oh no, they did TV line, uh, saying that David Ramsey will not, there's no green lantern in the cards for David Ramsey. The
1: the, the opening line of this article It's so pinpoint accurate. Leave it to the CW to disappoint us all. I mean, that's pretty much what they've done for the last seven, eight years. So,
0: yeah, I mean, like...
1: I mean, they've had their good moments, but overall, the CW is just a disappointment.
0: See, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop on you know no. Soup's and Lolo. Let's be honest, I'm just enjoying the ride while it's good before it goes full CW. Um, yeah, but yeah, so no, they they they've uh, they questioned him about Green Lantern, and and he explained that the Green Lantern Corps is not even a factor. His Legends of Tomorrow episode, um, and Ramsey says Diggle turns down the offer of the Green Box, and it seems they aren't even referring to it as a Green Lantern ring which it was uh, what the other episodes explore. So, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it just be, it, he could be, you know, honestly, he could be just saying this, to, so it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it says, so the article goes on here, it says, so I had to guess, I'm guessing Ramsey wasn't allowed to play Green Lantern in the Arrowverse due to the coming upcoming HBO Max series mm-hmm. and whatever Jar Jar Abrams is planning with Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Zack Snyder also wasn't allowed to use the Green Lantern. Zack Snyder wasn't allowed to use Green Lantern because it was just kind of tacked on, and it was something he filmed in his backyard. <laughs> so let's not, like, pretend like there was some big conspiracy there.
1: Um, well, this, this is a thing I'll say about that, though. That is a, a good point you make. However... At the same time, based on what they've done with Arrow, the Flash, and other characters, and forcing them to write them off, I would not put it past WB to have done that, because it's it, they've done it multiple times in the past. So true, true, true. Because but... my first question was, you know, how much of this is driven by WB and that whole HBO Max plan of the Green Lantern? That was one of my questions that I have, and and again, we're, we're never going to find that out because, of, yeah, whatever. But again, it's just. He I would love to see Diggle as a Green Lantern. Uh but again, we're talking about the CW. So and...
0: I thought I was gonna want to see Diggle as a Green Lantern. And then today the CW released uh Jordan Fisher in the Impulse costume. I didn't see that. Uh yeah, so just uh just go to Bleeding Cool. It's it's on, on there real quick. Uh so he looks like he's pooping his pants in the picture. I'm not gonna lie; that's what his face looks like, and kind of the way he's squatting. Uh, this is horrible. It looks nothing like what you would want Bart Allen to look like. I have no idea who Jordan Fisher is. Um, I I don't. Oh, from oh, you know, it's to all the boys. P.S. I love you. Uh, th- those are your your favorite movies. Um. But yeah, I mean, like it's like, oh my god, like he looks horrible. He looks horrific, and
1: like, is this for a kids show?
0: This is for the Flash. This character is going to premiere on the Flash.
1: That is that is honestly one of the worst things I've ever seen.
0: Here's the thing, after seeing this. I was yeah because I was ready to come in like a ball of fire like David Ramsey deserves to be Jon Stewart. David Ramsey should be TV's Jon Stewart. A generation of kids grew up with Jon Stewart as their Green Lantern. They deserve to see that on in the CW verse if you're never gonna give them Batman. Um and after seeing this, I'm like, screw you, CW. You don't you don't deserve to have Green Lantern. You certainly don't deserve to have David Ramsey as Green Lantern.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. And that was kind of my caveat, what I was saying. Despite how much I've liked the special effects on Soup's and Lolo, and again, I know it's TV, so I know they are they have to cut corners somewhere, but Green Lantern would be a VX-intensive character, even more so than Clark and Superman. So yeah, I, I love David Ramsey, and I'm I'm so glad to hear that he's you know he's being put in the director's chair yeah. for not for not just this episode, but I think he said there are five episodes that he directs across so the Arrowverse.
0: He's doing this one, um, some other episode of one of the other shows, and then or maybe two episodes of one of the shows, and then he's in three episodes of uh, Batwoman, Legends of Blah, and I, I guess I don't know what the third one was. I don't care. Um, <laughs> So but he's he's starring and directing in
1: all of those. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's so pretty cool. I'm I'm happy for him. Um funny story that uh my sister in law actually went to college with him. Oh, cool. So like like I found out about like several years ago when he when we when my brother was watching he yeah. you know, first started watching The Flash or whatnot.
0: Does she mess with your brother uh, and like that could have been my husband? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. He was, was he was my boring. man once.
0: <laughs> 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 your brother'd be like, go ahead, get out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know your brother, so I don't know if he'd do that or not. Anywho. All right, so let's move on. Uh the mirror war. So uh when when I shared this with you, you were thinking it was something different.
1: Yeah, when um, I saw the headline, I thought it was live action. And considering where they've gone with Star Trek, the last two series, I want nothing. I, I was almost disgusted. I, I almost didn't want to read the article, and then I read, then I brought it up, and I was like, "Oh, that looks like a comic." And then, "Oh, yes, it is a comic. Oh, it's so, by IDW." Yep. So that that cha- that significantly changed my thoughts on this.
0: Yeah. So this is by uh, Scott and David Tipton. Um, this is going to be a year-long event, so twelve-issue maxi series. And it is a, uh, it's a, it's a another chapter in the mirror universe uh, next generation that we've been getting in the comics over the last few years, uh, which have been just outstanding, um, just really, really quite good, and a great use of the mirror universe, and the fact that you know there was never really any mirror universe stuff with the next gen crew it's nice to see their you know more uh militaristic (laughs) doppelgangers if you will
1: uh i have i have to say this though the pic the image of Riker on that cover looks so jacked up like it looks like they superimposed his face on the picture on the on the body um, like separate if you take them separately they look fine
0: wait which one are like you talking about are you talking about the first cover that you see with uh like the
1: more cartoony version or the more photorealistic no, the, version the moto the photorealistic one so. like when he's like has like he like he's kind of like shot from the back and then yeah. his face is
0: oh yeah yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to complain about that. I mean, it's just his head is a little out of perspective with the rest of his body. A lot out of
1: perspective. So, but I have that, I mean, that's not going to take away from. Yeah, like, I've seen my much worse. Wanted to see it. Um, uh, yeah. You <laughs> know, I'm not going to say any names, but I, yes. I, I've still yet <laughs> to
0: see a foot drawn by Rob Liefeld. So anyway, I, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. He's he's fine. Um, He's fine. He's fine. He's <laughs> fine. Anyway um no i'm super excited about this i really liked what they yeah. did um i just think this is just another indictment against the uh the Kurtzman star Wars or star trek that they had to go to the mirror universe as the first season of uh of um uh, what is discovery it? discovery uh what is it std <laughs> <laughs> so i was gonna call it tds but i was like that's something else um no, as STD. And, you know, uh, yeah. So hopefully they steer clear of this from Picard with the Mirror Universe stuff and, and just leave it to this very well-written comic book.
1: Yeah, and, and again, I've told you, and, and you're like a proud pop over there because I'm starting to work my way back into the world of comics. And this is definitely one of those that I will... I will pick up, yeah, because absolutely. again, I haven't read any Trek comics since I read the tie-in for the 2009. And oh, I don't, I don't the, think I've the, read the, anything. The
0: little prequel, the Countdown. Countdown was cool Yeah, I'm, the problem with yeah, Countdown that was good. is it was so good that they didn't use any of it in the movie.
1: Yes, that was a problem. uh Even though I loved, the, I I really enjoyed the movie, but there was that disconnect between what we saw in yep. that. So. prequel tie-in to the movie but it's, overall i'm looking forward to this there been, there's just...
0: actually been some really good like kelvin verse star trek stories in the comics are all, all of them under the idw banner yeah, idw has the license to this particular okay. intellectual property so
1: yeah i'm looking forward to this yeah and when is it like
0: it starts it this... in september
1: september September. okay
0: september 2021 coming to a comic book store near you um so yeah maybe maybe i'll 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 get a a bunch of extra copies of it and do a giveaway when it comes out um just for the for the shits and giggles of it all um (laughs) but yeah so i mean like i said i'm excited to see it so um there'll be a zero issue and then you know 12 more issues to go uh Yeah, and you know it's like i said it it was really good um seeing the mirror universe of data was actually like oh i actually like this version of data um like a bad data like a a data broke bad is is just a very cool thing (laughs) so yes anyway all right let's move on to dave filoni news (laughs) so this might be my favorite story of the week um So, Dave Filoni, I'm going to use air quotes here, got promoted into a, quote, new job at Lucasfilm as the, uh, uh, what did they call him? The executive creative director at Lucasfilm. One of the funny thing about this, Daryl? What's the
1: funny thing
0: about this? He got this promotion a year ago. They just updated. They just (laughs) updated. Like, it wasn't just him. They updated, like, 12 other people. Um, Here's the best thing about this story. The absolute best thing about this story, other than people reacting. As people lost their shit so much they thought he took over for Kathleen Kennedy, that she was trending on Twitter with, like, ding-dong, the you-know-what-is-gone. Yes, I'm so happy Dave is taking over Star Wars.
1: man <laughs> nah, that's like that's
0: how, like, i i honestly i i, I own om- if she hadn't run like my 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 favorite franchise into the crown i'd almost feel sorry for her
1: yeah how does that feel just knowing that people just dis- it's not that people don't like you that's one thing you know you can say whatever but people just think your work is utter shit
0: Here, here's the, my favorite tweet though is from mingna hell yes so happy for you Dave Filoni, clappy, clappy emoji, so deserve this. Lovey, smiley face emo- emoji, orange heart. <laughs> so she didn't even know. <laughs> so it's like, oh, uh, I will say, I was surprised at this paragraph. The I, the excitement is understandable. The 46-year-old has been a fixture at Lucasfilm ever since George Lucas selected him in 2005 to oversee the animated series Clone Wars, which launched in 2008 and
1: ultimately, ultimately ran for seven seasons.
0: I would have swore he was in his mid fifties.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. When I saw the, that, that might've been the most surprised. No, that was the most surprising thing. <laughs>
0: Finding out he's only two years older than us. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Dude's dad's, a, you know, it must be, it's gotta be stressful to be Dave Filoni. Let's be honest. I mean, he, yeah. he's like, he's had to have multiple back surgeries. He's had to have like his shoulders replaced. Um, he probably doesn't have any cartilage left in his knees from carrying Star Wars on his back since 2008.
1: <laughs> I would like to see a uh, one of those pictures, like before and after, before like right when before he started working at Lucasfilm to right now, and just see the. You the can difference. take a picture
0: of what he looks like now as before, and then just like make him look like Echo from the Bad Batch <laughs> as what he looks like now. He is more machine than he's more machine than man. <laughs> Whatever goodness was in him has left long ago, died long ago.
1: <laughs> oh man. Jeez. <laughs> Do you so, ever think yeah.
0: he walks into the room with George and says, The last time we met, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. <laughs> or will that be what he says to George when he finally gets like, you know, tapped to lean lean Lucas film? <laughs>
1: That would be hilarious.
0: Um, the other interesting news that came out of this is Rangers of the New Republic is currently not in active development, um, a.k.a. canceled. Um, I wonder why. Hmm. You got rid of the star. Um, you know, so Good job. not to turn this into a we stand with Gina thing. <laughs> we stand with Gina. But we do. We absolutely do. Um, so we, we, we stand with her next to her behind her. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, so you know, this is this, this was just my favorite story just because like everybody freaked out about it. And I was like, I saw it, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. Like, because like, we've been hearing Kathleen Kennedy is getting let go since The Last yeah. Jedi came out, yeah, yes, actually, since before The Last Jedi came out, when Mark Hamill in his TDS glory. Was bashing the movie for the six months before it came out. Yeah. Here's my question. I'm always going to wonder this. If Mark Hamill had been on board with The Last Jedi, would everyone have still hated it?
1: There are people that absolutely would not have hated it solely because Mark Hamill did was, was on board with it. Okay. I guarantee you. So. Um, yeah um so there are a lot of people out there that you know heard that news and to quote uh, to paraphrase uh after they realized it, the truth about it, it's as if a million voices suddenly cried out in terror <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah there was a lot of that I, I don't know I was, ha- I was having a good I was having a good time I was actually I actually popped back on I, I logged back into Twitter <laughs> to see um but yeah so it but there's rumors that kennedy's contract is up sometime this year early next year nobody knows um so it says here there's another reason for some star wars fans to rejoice at the news of feloni's title executive creator director kennedy remains a lightning rod for a certain subset of fandom and predictions of her leaving lucasfilm have become so common they're practically white noise correct but other fans have also noted on twitter kennedy is the one who gave feloni his promotion the Disney leadership has given no indication that Ke- Kennedy is leaving her post anytime soon. Filoni's, quote, new position was seen as one of many promotions that were announced internally, but not made public. It appears the company was caught off guard by the enthusiastically enthusiastic response um, to a standard, parenthetical, if overdue, update to its website. At one point on Thursday, the site was temporarily unavailable. unavailable. It's all another reminder that with star wars fans it is do or do not there is no try um so th- here here's the funny thing about this last bit is they call this a subset of fans
1: yeah subset and um, when you mean a vast of ma- a, a veritable majority of fans
0: if 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 by, yeah, i was gonna say if by subset you mean the entire core audience <laughs> Then yeah. uh, let me oh hold on. I'm I'm not a Sith. I don't speak in absolutes. Nearly the entire core audience. Yeah. Um okay. Great. Uh who who even wrote this article? Is this even real life? Uh this was written by Adam B. Very. Let's see, what else has Adam B. Very written? Oh, he wrote he wrote the Henry Henry Cavill circling uh Highlander reboot. Uh, every major studio gets together to declare the big screen is back, but it was a lot of, a, but it was a lot we'd seen before. Uh, Netflix is developing an Ultraman animated feature with an all new story. Shang-Chi free guy will play in theaters for 45 days before home viewing. He-Man Tila makeover reveals first look at Netflix Masters of the Universe Revolution.
1: Which oh my goodness by the way. So,
0: so it's it's Hila. Yeah. It's not Tila, it's Hila.
1: Yeah. So, yes. uh,
0: Marvel Studios Disney Plus shows don't use showrunners. That has some TV writers worried. Um it absolutely Anyway. All right. So, Adam B. Very. thank you for breaking the news. Now kindly go away.
1: <laughs> don't just go away don't just go don't go away man just go away yep all right
0: so let's uh let's move on to nightwing number 80 i uh so uh summary as always dick grayson's always had a big heart from protecting those persecuted by bullies in his youth to combating evil alongside batman as robin to pledging to his newly inherited by pledging his newly inherited wealth to enrich Bloodhaven as Nightwing. His kindness and generosity have always guided his life. But now a new villain stalks the back alleys of Bloodhaven, removing the hearts of the city's most vulnerable. Who is this terrifying new menace named Heartless, and will he be able to resist plucking out the biggest heart in all of Bloodhaven? Read this literally heart-wrenching episode or a heart-wrenching issue to find out. Um Tom Taylor killed it again. Uh he's killing it with his story and uh Bruno Redondo's art is just perfect for Nightmare. And
1: yes, and I have to add this. Adriano Lucas is doing the coloring. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know if it's I don't know what it is, but I just I noticed that this issue more how not just the art as far as the, you know, just the figures and the poses and everything, but the Mm -hmm. coloring, how much that, I mean, they are like just in lockstep into creating just a great artistic piece in, you know, in these issues. It's, it's, it's incredible. And again, incredible to look at, but the story itself, like you said, Taylor, once again, just delivers some, not only like some great scenes, some like some scenes between, you know, Dick and Tim or Tim. Dick and uh yeah, Dick and Tim. Um yeah Dick and Babs Yeah, and my just
0: the My favorite thing. Conversations was with the cops. The conversations he was having with the cops, and then he he calls Barbara who had spent the night and uh she'd only gotten to the end of the street and he's like, yeah, That's good, could you come back? And the cops are really kind of like pushing at him, like, Oh yeah, we've got you for this, you're made, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, Bar- and barbara walks in how's it going being accused of murder you um you know just kind of like that was great you know, yeah and, and then then the best part is uh you know when when she she's asking why something she's or she tells the cop that's not relevant and the cop says well i think i'll decide what's relevant and she goes really because i have a law degree and Dick goes oh yeah so do i i <laughs> It's just, it was great. It was, it was such a good moment. And, you know, it's the two of them operating at like peak Dick and Babs. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, You know, and then obviously they, they, what, what Tom Taylor did for, for, for Tim Drake in this episode, episode, I keep calling, I don't know why I always call them episodes. in this issue was, uh was, was amazing, you know? Um, and then the, the gift that, that Batman, um, sent for Dick, uh, which I don't want to spoil, uh, go read it. It's on page, uh, page nine.
1: Yeah. And, and again, we're talking about the synchronicity and the conversation such as when, you know, they realized to get information on what happened to, you know, one of the homeless guys and, you know, making sure his son's okay, you know, Tim has mm-hmm. to go undercover and like that, just like the whole conversation between you know Dick and Tim on the way, you know, just on the way across the city, you know, on the train and everything, and then when we get their conversation on rate on radio chatter, and he mentions about Bab staying over. Yeah, and I just love the because what this I almost said episode two, <laughs> what this issue does so well is there's a lot going on and the story the pacing of it it's almost it's like pitch yep. perfect in the yep. sense of it's it's never it never feels overwhelming but also it never really feels stunted and like we're slowing down da- or slowed down no. which is i mean it's just that perfect combination of hey yes we get these action pieces here we get an action piece here mm-hmm. okay we get some conversation here In very interesting and engaging conversation yeah. as well which is, again, that's the most important so, thing. And you,
0: know. and you know what else, too, is we get an idea of where this is in the timeline as compared to the other Bat books. Um, because when Brutal and Electroc- uh, Electrocutioner show up at the kids' camp because Blockbuster wants his cut of the crime, um, which is perfect. Uh, there's a note that, that even says, check out Robin to see where Brutal goes after this. Um and, you know, th- this is just great. And the, the what is it on page 17, the um, the fight where where Dick takes the in Karima sticks and puts them together into a bow staff and, and throws it throws it to Tim. And, you know, Tim goes to town and the way that they just are fighting together on page uh, 19. Uh, like, that's great. Like, honestly, if if. Bruno puts this page up for sale. I might try and buy it.
1: Yeah, the original, was... the original art. Yeah, I mean, and and again, I actually went back after reading it to just look at some of the art itself, like without even like really reading the story, but just taking a little bit more time to drink in, you know, what you know what he put on the, on the page, which was oh, yeah. which was phenomenal. So... And and again, I'm one of those. I think because you're more you've been more into comics longer your range of probably like art, artistic art, artistic like is a little bit wider than mine but like when someone has art that makes me gush like this i mean mm-hmm. you know I, I loved invincible um you know obviously back in the prime time like the heyday jim lee you know so, and, and some others so i get a lot of shit but, because i
0: like john Romita junior Mm-hmm. Like and a lot of people hate John Romita Jr.'s art, and I don't like John Romita Jr.'s art in everything. But I like yeah. his Spider-Man. I thought he was perfect for Kick-Ass. You know, there, there, there's things like I, I did, I haven't liked most of the stuff he's done for DC in the mo in the more recent like year or so uh, when he was working with Bendis. But yeah, no, but like I like Tab Ramos. I like Mark Bagley. I, you know, um, you know, Bruno. I, I like. You know, there's a bunch of out there. Uh, Todd Nock is my favorite. Um, And so so, yeah, but like I like Phil Hester and and Phil Hester, I felt was like a really good style for Nightwing. And this is like kind of a mix between to me, uh, like Greg Land's little photo realistic and Phil Hester's and more animated look. And and which is why I like it. And I, I just I love the way he draws the bodies in motion, um, like in last issue where, where Dick jumped from the building down to the cafe. Right. That was that was a right. beautiful splash page. And here there, there wasn't like a big splash page like that, except for Dick's apartment. And you got the sense of everything that was happening in that apartment. And it told a sequential story of. Dick going to get his costume and Barbara opening up the computer for them both to go to work,
1: and that was one of the that was actually I had that written down in my notes as one of my you know favorites you know that top down mm-hmm. scene, and it was, which is one you don't get that a lot and two you don't get it like when you if you do get it you don't get it to the in the way that he, that um, Redondo did this yep. I thought it was perfect it per, it it told so much in a a limited amount of space Mm -hmm. and that's why he used it and it was such a fantastic idea and fantastic execution
0: just and and taylor's storytelling here is like i i'm excited for this book to come out every 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 month now um and i i can't say that it's been true with you know nightwing of late like jurgens stepped in to to kind of save it a little bit but you know it, it is what it is um you know, but hey, Tim, Tim, Tim got to take the three legged dog into the to the park and, you know,
1: become one <laughs> of the guys.
0: So that that was yeah. good. Uh, all right. Do you have any anything else you want to add to this one?
1: No, I'm, I'm looking forward to next next month. And with this confrontation with Heartless. Finally. Yeah.
0: And then leaving off with that. And like, here's the thing is after this one, then we go back to uh, to Zuko, Mayor Zuko. So, yeah, we'll see um but yeah okay so let's move on to the bad
1: do you want to give it a rating
0: oh yeah i'm sorry um let's see out of burning homeless child encampments i'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five
1: i have it as a 4.25 okay. just again great story great and uh great artwork looking forward to the next issue yeah
0: yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I was excited for the, I, you know, I'm excited to read this anyway. But like the way this kind of went down, I, I'm, I'm just super excited to move forward.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: All right. So, moving on to the Bad Batch, um, the batch of bad clones, the, uh, the mutant clones, if you will. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so this episode is called "Cornered." It is directed by Saul, um, directed by Saul Ruiz, written by Christian Taylor. Um, on their way to a proposed hiding place, uh, or hiding place on the planet Adelphor, the Bad Batch are forced to stop on Panthora to gather supplies and for tech to modify their ship's signature to escape the Empire's wanted list. However, the landing bay attendant identifies them and informs Finnick Shand. A mercenary hired to retrieve Omega, <laughs> Shand comes upon Omega and tries to abduct her, but Hunter arrives and challenges Shand, triggering a furious chase throughout the city. After shaking off Shand and completing the modifications, the Bad Batch depart from Panthora, with Shand remaining in pursuit. Um, I, <sighs> there's nothing wrong with this show. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't do anything poorly I, in, in my opinion. I just don't think I think the Clone Wars burning away and showing the bad batch logo is very apropos for
1: what this series actually is. And what do you mean by that?
0: It is a it is a a, a, a lesser facsimile of the superior version of the show
1: that's that's fair
0: and, and and again it's not bad i watch it i watch it on fridays i like you know it's the first thing i watch when I can, like when i wake up on, on friday mornings before i do anything really um i i enjoy it like i like let me rephrase i like it um but i i think i i don't know i i would have maybe liked to see a different bounty hunter here Um, because we know where Finnick is going to end up and because of the hype that was placed upon her, uh, one, the fact that she took Wrecker out with just one sidestep into a wall when he was still wearing his helmet and he went down and was out. Like, I thought that was strange. Um, you know, maybe the Bad Batch just isn't as tough as we were led to believe they are. Or maybe, like I've been saying all along, Crosshair was the one to watch.
1: Yeah. And considering you have a character that pushed three tanks off a cliff that were locked, you know, that were chained together or lifted a Mm -hmm. spaceship off of a clone, something as simple as that taking him out of the fight unless and again I'm I'm going to put a caveat here yeah. unless when he hit his head last episode if that is going to play dividends or pay dividends later on and we find out that you know there there might be something going on in his head like almost like post concussion syndrome yeah that's the only yeah. way this would make sense right because otherwise it doesn't make sense to me and as an episode, as a whole, I, I like what you said. You said it does. This show has not done anything what I would call wrong. It's one of those. It, it, going back to sports, you know, you have a player who's you know he's not great in any one one thing. He's not bad in anything. He's just and he's just solid. Yeah. And. I, that's why I look at this show as solid. Yeah, I, I don't get me wrong. I really, really, really enjoyed the first episode, and and so far, that might be my favorite one. Just because there was, it showed them as badasses. It showed them as mm-hmm. and again that like to your point, that was when Crosshair was with them. But you know they all did something. Absolutely, yeah. But this episode, again, I don't think it did anything bad, but it it didn't do anything to make me want to, you know, take another viewing of it. Yeah. It, it, I think it, it, in a way this, you know, these first four episodes remind me of kind of like that stop and go. What you would call um, how, how the Mandalorian started. And again, I'm not comparing it to the Mandalorian in the sense of which one is better, but just as as far as the first few episodes, there was just kind of like stop and go, you know, you, kind of almost as if in a video game where you have to go to point a to point b to point c and we didn't get any overarching type of real meat and potatoes plot Mm -hmm. or whatever the arc of the season's going to be again it's fine in, in, in and of itself there were some good things i i really loved the whole naivety of uh omega and her, you know, some of the stuff, how she, you know, just like kids do sometimes, how she'll repeat a phrase she hears yep. from one of the um, the clones. My thing is this, and I, this is what I wrote down about her, when she, you know, in her time with Fennec, one of the things Fennec says when she steals the, the food is she said, it's okay to break the rules sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's going to be one of those things that comes back, you know, and Omega re- remembers that. Uh, And again, that's one of the good things, you know, I I thought I did, Mark, when you when you sent me the text about the glass jaw portion of our, our clones and I saw when Hunter gets headbutted, I was like, that's not okay. whatever. Yeah. But then I saw to your point, then I saw what happens to Wrecker and I just said there could have been a better way they could have. Had Finnick get out of that than something so simple? Well, especially because she's supposed
0: to be this like super devious, like super methodical bounty hunter, and, right. and really she just used brute force for the most part, um, and ended up getting out outsmarted by a uh, a, a child clone and in a dump truck. Yeah. Um, although I will say the dump truck driver, there's a really funny clip. On, um, if you type in bad batch, don't uh, bad batch truck driver into YouTube and it, it shows you what he was listening to in his headphones. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's not a Rick Astley thing, I promise. I'm I'm, I'm not doing that to you guys again like I did with the Oscar clip. Um, <laughs> so, um, the link for the Oscars, I just sent it to a Rick Roll. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, I, I tell you what I really did like about this episode is I liked what they did with Echo. I liked Echo a lot in this episode. Droid Echo. Droid Echo. And it's like, you know what? That is brilliant. That is hands down brilliant for them to do. And I even like when the guy asked what kind of droid is, and he's like, Oh, it's a mo- it's a it's it's a modified military droid. Prototype. Yeah, prototype. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. Um and then <laughs> <laughs> the 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 protocol droid is afraid of a gun <laughs> that was great like and and uh, the astromechs were like yeah we want to help but i did like the one that was like a cross between like r2d2 and an ewok cuz he had like yes. the stubby arms and legs and uh he had like a ton of personality uh i will say they 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 have not had the best track record with droids on this on like just the clone wars series and and rebels in general um And and I thought this was a
1: good use of the clones all the way around, or
0: clones, the droids all the way around. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it was. They weren't. It was. There weren't any choppers in here, but I did like that that droid you were talking about. That was the one that stuck, stood out for me as well. But
0: yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. I felt like this was a this was a a calm before the storm kind of an episode. I I think we're gonna get something big next week. Um, at least I hope we do.
1: Um, yeah cuz you get you get them you get Hunter saying who we got to find out who she's working for and yeah. then you know the next scene after that she's Finick is communicating with whoever hired her to track them down or to track Omega down. So the I'm, we, I'm we, assuming Kat- we're going to see uh, yeah. we're
0: going to see more <laughs> we're going to see more fan service cameos.
1: Similar to how in Nightwing we got that last scene with you know Nightwing coming face to face with Heartless yeah. in this scene we get you know, that communication of Finnick and I don't think we're gonna be I think like you said, next week we are going to get that pop off of what this season is going to be about. Like the overall story arc is going to be out. We know it has to do with Omega, but in what way? Yeah. And how why is she important? I yeah. think we'll get start to get those answers next next week.
0: Yeah, I hope so.
1: I really do. So uh
0: all right. So let's um so th- I mean, this was a good all around like like you said, this this is uh, this is like the Adrian Dantley of like Star Wars series. Um, <laughs> I know that's a really old basketball player reference. It's like a Bob Ori. How about that? It's a Bob Ori. Like he's an all around solid guy. And, you know, he's going to hit something clutch when he needs to. And like that's yeah. what I- <laughs> that's what this series is going to do.
1: Okay, um, it, it's hilarious that we're what how, how we think sometimes because when you say Adrian Dantley, the name that came up was Robert Ory, yeah. I mean, when you said that, so, Bob
0: yeah. Ory was just the better version of Adrian anyway, down the line. Um, but yeah, so so you know, I, I think I, I do think this is going to have a whole bunch of high notes and things that we're going to talk about over time. I, I just think it it's 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 Follow what it's following from the Clone Wars season seven is a hard act to follow. Oh, yeah, and and you know, no matter what, we were, I mean, like, we were gonna be like, um, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, let's hope for the best, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I like I said, I, I think it's servos. So, out of um, military prototype manned droids, <laughs> out of five. <laughs>
1: Uh, I think I got to go with a three. I almost did that. I got it as a three point two five. Again, solid. Yeah. Nothing spectacular. Nothing that makes me want to say, "Hey, you know what? Let me just turn on this episode again." But I think it's leading to bigger things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did not. I did not rewatch the episode. I only watched it once. I've been rewatching everything. I was just like, "Yeah." I, I got what I needed out of it. I saw what I needed. There wasn't anything that's like, "Oh, I got to see that again." So. Yeah, cool. All right, then moving on to our final topic of the evening, the peace de la resistance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one, I'm gonna reiterate, I'm mad at all of you who did not watch this show. Um, so it left at 1.25 million viewers, it left off, it was up from the week before. Uh, from season season or episode four to episode five went up um, episode six had about a 41 percent drop off so we only got about just over 70 000 viewers um and that's in like real time so like it, it, it's hopefully more than that they're not going to pick up another three hundred thousand viewers but um if you're if you're if you're still listening to our nonsense at this point um <laughs> Please tell your friends about this show. Like, like if they were watching this and enjoying this, like encourage them to go back because Broken Trust is a great episode. There there's a yes. ton of cool stuff that happens in this episode. And there's some real head scratchers of things that we'll get to. But I, you know, I mean, Supergirl closed out at like four hundred something thousand. Uh, Batwoman this week did under four hundred thousand, and yet it's still picked up for a third season. Um you know, I, I, I'm I'm interested how low that show will go. I'm on just basic, you know, television. Uh but yeah. yeah, so so definitely like make sure like if if you have friends that like kind of forgot about this, I, I'm gonna be honest. Like I I thought it was next week, and when Daryl Daryl texted me, asked if I watched it. Yeah, I was like, uh, nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, it's. The biggest mistake they made with this show was premiering it when they didn't have all these episodes, and they knew they were going to have to put it on a six- or seven-week hiatus, however long it was, almost two-month hiatus. And and then on top of that, put something like Supergirl in its place. So
0: they filled in Supergirl, right? So Supergirl does not come back until August. Like why why bother? Why why not why why not why? run why not run the first 7 8 episodes of Supergirl and then introduce Superman and Lois. I mean it was a mid-season replacement anyway. That, and because of what they did makes... it's going to run into the summer anyway.
1: That is so patently stupid decision as far as uh, a show schedule. I don't even know what to say to that. They would that have been better off
0: replaying bonkers. the first five episodes again.
1: They would. They, they absolutely they were would. Doing Supergirl.
0: Um, and what they absolutely should have done is said, hey, this this time we're going to show the extended episodes that are on the app.
1: That would have been on great. live
0: TV. That's what they should have done. In a in a what you should have done because Supergirl is not a good show. Supergirl it's not. is the prototype CW show that has people flooding, like just jumping off the boat of these DC shows, and I mean even the Flash isn't even get the Flash isn't even getting a million viewers anymore.
1: Yeah, you know how many episodes, uh, how many minutes of the Flash I've watched this year so far? Uh, probably
0: the same as I have for the last three years. Exactly. So, um <laughs> uh, the same amount of Legends of Tomorrow that I've watched as well. Uh, yeah, Which I actually so,
1: like Legends, but I I just haven't gone back to it, and I I, I actually I'll watch it when it gets on Netflix. I liked Legends. Maybe, if I remember.
0: Like Legends was the most fun. It's been on Netflix for two seasons now, and I haven't even bothered. Um. <laughs> You know, so so I can't even say like, oh, well, when it when it hits Netflix, I'll watch it when it hits HBO Max. That's what I'll watch. it. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, they they put this up on HBO Max during the, the during the hiatus, you know, one episode at a time. No, no, no. They did it all five. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like I don't I don't I don't understand it. Like it, it's almost like they did it on purpose. Like they were upset that it was doing so well, and,
1: and funny enough, a consp- that's I know it sounds conspiracy. Like, why would you cut off your nose to spite your face? But we see this a lot in entertainment. Yeah, hell, we we see it with Star Wars right now. But uh, that was my first thought when you told me the ratings, and and some of the stuff that's gone around that with this show and how this show is more focused on. Surprise, surprise story more than the well, other CW shows. I think
0: the core to this story, the other thing too, is a nuclear family. Yes. And that is that flies in the face of the social justice terrorists that we have uh at war with the nuclear family. And that we have these other shows that are, are showing a war of the nuclear family.
1: Yeah. And and I and again, maybe that's I, I think that's Well, no, I don't think that is one of the things that draws me to this show. Yeah, is how despite all everything going on in their lives, you know, you have Jordan and Jonathan. You know, just not just high school, but having to deal with oh, yeah, our father's pretty much the most powerful. Well, he's not a he's a man, but he's also an alien in the world. Clark having to deal with his sons knowing that, and Jordan now having powers. Mm -hmm. Lois is doing her reporter thing, but all despite all of that they still come together at times as you know, as a family Mm -hmm. and it's not just peachy and it's, it's great how it's not just peachy keen, It's not just conflict all the time, but it's just like, just like most families. It's a nice little mix of both. Right. And we get that in this episode. Um, We get the, again, one of my, I put like the good, the great and the cringe Uh, and we get like, I the dynamic between Jonathan and Jordan for me is, it's just, fantastic and and it continues to be fantastic um are we going to do spoilers in this yeah we gotta because
0: we have to because like the 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 one the big head scratcher for me is is the spoiler for what happened at the end of the episode
1: okay so we have this you know jonathan and and this has gone on for throughout the first six episodes where jonathan was the star athlete Mm -hmm. Jonathan was a popular kid. They moved to Smallville and now he has to fit in and he he's he's finding a way to fit in with his teammates and everything, but it's still tough on him, especially knowing
0: he was Superman and now
1: he's a normie. Yes. And now his brother, who was, you know, the guy that wasn't popular, the guy that you know, the kid that, you know, just everybody would look at, oh, that's that look at that's that weird kid here. Mm -hmm. You know, now he's getting that popularity with the team. Because he, ha- I mean, because he's able to play football, but also I think again that's something that's good for him because he's had you know he's had he's had issues yeah. and yeah. finding that balance of you know brother and you know friends now is huge for him, mm-hmm. but that he still has issues and the biggest issue is un- is understanding the responsibility he has when he has powers. He's not a normal kid and also just thinking about that at that age if you and that what they're 15 right I think because uh, they're, they're 14 in, 15 yeah they're 14 time. or 15. yeah thinking about that age and the emotions that are that are involved with that and then you you go from like a nothing to you know people actually like you mm-hmm. but you still have that pent-up anger for everything that you've experienced and learning how to say okay, I can't just punch somebody. Yeah, that is I love that juxtaposition. And the fact that in the scene we're talking about where Jordan would have punched one of their you know rivals, you know, rival school. So, which...
0: so before we get to that, right, because this is kind of for me where the broken trust came into play is okay. Jonathan every day supports Jordan every Absolute. single yes. day. Jonathan has become when we first met Jonathan, he was the uber jock. Right. He was he was the the, the big man on campus, the uh, QB one as a freshman. And he's had to learn all of this empathy towards Jordan, which I he did not have before. Like he was probably just as guilty as picking on Jordan as the kids that Jordan wanted to get revenge on this week when Smallville played Metropolis. Um, And it, it's kind of weird that Metropolis only has one high school. Um. <laughs> <laughs> just say, anyway Yeah, uh, but but um you know jonathan is looking out for jordan like a big brother even though he's just a couple minutes older throughout the entire episode right so when when jordan goes to punch that kid and and like you said he's probably gonna maim or kill him jordan stupidly his own words steps in And Jordan maims him, literally maims him. Like, his right hand may never work right again. He's probably never going to play quarterback again, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that Clark and Lois were just like, go to bed, was the head scratcher. Like, how Clark didn't, like, fly him up into, like, as high into space as he could get and still breathe, and read him the Riot Act and scared the living, you know, Ra into him, the Krypton, Kryptonian god Ra. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know why he didn't do that, and he they they just like both Clark and Lois brushed it off, and I was like, I told you, I like I texted you what all I want to see from this series now is is Jonathan team up with Alexander and go bad kill jordan
1: so i get that and and it it was funny because i I watched a reaction about this uh from blind wave and one of the uh guys aaron he said the exact same thing you're saying and i and i thought about it's like you know what you're absolutely right because i was so focused on them saying talking about it it was accidental that he broke jordan's hand which it was he he didn't mean to break jordan's hand however john and this is where Jonathan, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, and this is where they, I think, they should have focused more. It's like it's not the fact. Yes, we know you accidentally broke Jonathan's hand, but you you would have punched that would and Clark should have said that would have been someone's face. Yeah. And if you were lucky, you were you would have only broken his jaw. Yeah. If you were lucky, that that's all that would have happened. And and again, despite the fact that I I love that scene, like before that, the scene where Jordan does that, only because it's juxtaposed with Clark almost losing his temper, which Superman get pissed at you and his eyes lighting up like that as those soldiers. Oh, yeah. I hope they had their PP pants on.
0: <laughs> they definitely. Because... Well, they had their brownish pants on, so I think
1: they were okay.
0: <laughs> um. This episode, well, I mean, this episode opens with Tag running away. It picks up right where the, the last episode left off. Tag's running away, and he crosses the railroad tracks at super speed. And because he's so inexperienced, he doesn't actually know what that's going to do, right? He doesn't. Right. Tag did not know he was going to derail that train. And and so like we were talking about with the Green Lantern um, effects, this was the best tv superman effects i've ever seen um yes the use of strength and flight and heat vision and 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 it showed how smart he is and how like how how super he he really is and you know it was it was just one of those things and uh did you did i send you that warp speed thing about the flash meant to if i don't I think so uh so there's this thing uh warp speed did a thing where uh it was barry like it was the flash it was yo know, he was the flash it wasn't Grant. it wasn't the actor but reading the i'm the fastest man alive thing and the guy's like come on hold on get in and you know he's like none of this is true you can't believe anything you guys aren't even friends You're acquaintances whatever and just going through all the things that barry has done to like mess everything up so he rewrites it <laughs> uh so the guy the guy in the booth rewrites it and uh the one thing is like uh it gets the end he's like, and I refuse to suspend the disbelief that anyone could ever get away from the flash when he can because he can cover the whole city in seven seconds. Um but the fact that Tag was running the super speed, he was able to get away from Clark. And I thought that was a really cool touch because Clark was distracted just long enough for a speedster who would be able to get away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to to kind of compound on what you were talking about with that scene and how much it shows about Clark. The, and that's the thing, I I think people, when people see Superman, when people think of Superman, they think of, you know, his abilities, his physical abilities. Superman is highly, highly intelligent, too. And I, I don't think even the comics don't always hit that. Like when there was an, I can't remember, I think, was it? I don't know what, which comic it was, but Superman said something about, uh, like there was something going on and Superman mentioned about, I I guess, flying around the earth or something like that. Something that, you know, Superman wouldn't have thought to do, but it was, it was a scene where it was almost just to make Batman look good because he said, I can list a hundred reasons. Do I need to list a hundred reasons why you shouldn't do that? Yeah. So, so I think a lot of times people forget how smart Superman is. Well, if you look at like and... John,
0: John Byrne's Superman, he was very smart. You know, he was like when he first met Batman in man of steel, you know, he, he's able, he's using his telescopic X-ray, you know, microscopic vision to, to, you know, detect clues. And, and, you know, he was very much the, the investigative reporter, um, that Clark is and, and, and should be, um. So yeah, I, like I again, I, I I think this is such an interesting take on the character because he's not Clark Kent intrepid reporter, he's Clark Kent dad. And yeah. and he's got a whole We've never gotten that. He's got a whole different set of priorities um, you know, not just being the protector of Earth, but raising two teenage boys, one of which is a super uh who has a bunch of emotional issues. Uh I imagine Clark spends a lot of time flying away and like why didn't john get the powers <laughs>
1: <laughs> but man tyler hawkland some of his his scenes he does so well like mm-hmm. the scene i just mentioned with the, when he was pissed off after getting shot yeah. by kryptonite bullets that was great but when the scene where they he takes the uh the boys downstairs and jordan punches the, yeah. through the law or punches
0: <laughs> the first the time
1: yeah well, the, the second, well, was, oh. well that too, he was like, oh, I thought it would have been, you know, instinctual, so, yeah. <laughs> but then his, his just excitement when oh, yeah. Jordan does it the that nerdy time, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just so great, and then you have these moments where the conversation in the hotel room, where he's, and I don't know, there was something about that that really hit me emotionally, when Jordan was like, you know, I'm not like you, and <sighs> which that that actually comes back when Clark's like, but you said, remember you just said you weren't like me, right? Yeah. Uh, But like there, there are scenes littered throughout these episodes, these first six episodes that are just, just such great storytelling, not just from a story arc perspective, but from a character's perspective and building, you know, these bonds with these characters and this nuclear family that are just, Mm -hmm. it's just so good to see because, as much as I've liked, you know, the first couple of seasons of Arrow, um, the first couple of seasons of The Flash, none of these shows did that this well.
0: I, you know, not, again, neither one of those I shows I, I put this on on, you know, the core the level of Smallville. I mean, Smallville Smallville caught everybody on the first episode on that pilot. People were like, oh, whoa, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is this is interesting. This is something different. This is something new, and and that's what this is. This is this is different and new. And, you know, the, the, the overwhelming theme about this episode was trust. And, you know, he, he makes the very valid point. He said, even after 20 years of doing this, you know, I have to be I have to be at the top of my game because if I do one thing to mess it up, they'll never trust me again. And you never get that trust back fully. And, and I, yeah. I think we're going to see this now. I think I think seeing John. Uh, pull away. I think seeing John pull away from the family, um you know, uh, uh, the the neat thing is, is like with the military guys when they shot the kryptonite arrows or uh, darts, whatever bullets into him, um you know, he he had a couple of options there. He he could have just taken them all out, taken Tag and flown away. He could have just killed them all, you know, and 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 been like, Tag, you're on my team now, or he did what he did where he, he took it out and he kind of, you know, aggressively let them know they were wrong and destroyed the kryptonite. Um, Yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, I I think what, what, what they're doing a very good job is showing here is with the right leverage. Like you can push this multi versus Superman over the edge, but the difference from the one that, alexander left captain captain luther left to this one is this one has lois lane Mm -hmm. this one has a family he has something this superman is is completely different than any superman we've we've really ever seen um we've seen superman married we've seen superman with john in in the comics but we haven't seen superman having to deal with an emotionally troubled son uh we we you know i i would almost put this on par with with what happened with uh Infinite Crisis with the Superboy Prime and Earth Two Superman and Lois dying, um, or, or, or you know not when she died, but she was you know in the act of dying when they were in between dimensions or in between universes, um, you know, I I, I almost think Alexander will find a kindred spirit in John at some point during this series.
1: That that is actually a very interesting take.
0: And if you're not going because... there Berlanti, you can have that one for free.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> because again, like how much is he how long is he going to be able to keep uh his what he's there for from Lois cuz Lois already knows after, you know, he the uh he used the hilt of a lightsaber to Oh, he
0: almost told her this week.
1: Yeah. So So I don't think that's going to be long for, but I don't know how much he's going to tell her and when, you know what I mean? So I I find him an interesting character and I'm very curious to see once him, he goes face to face with Superman and if he's going to be able to be turned or if the way Clark's goodness is now, who knows that might've been the same Clark that he's used to, he might've seen that same Clark and then something happened. So it's almost like Batman. If he, if, if there's even a 1% chance he can go wrong, we have to stop him. Yeah. And that might be his driving force. It doesn't matter. Cause I think he said this earlier in, you know, the season where like this guy is a good guy. And he's like, well right now he is when he, I think he told general lane that or something along yeah. those lines that. So that's, I don't know if I see Jonathan kind of breaking from the family. However, I don't think it's breaking
0: from the family. That's the thing. Is I think when I say kindred, right? I think I don't like as much as I want to see John like gain powers and become like the anti Super Boy, Boy Super. (laughs) um, If we're going with kick ass, like you know, ass kick. Anyway, um, like I could see him like being that kindred where it's like, Hey, look, I don't trust these people either, but they're my family. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have to give them the benefit of the doubt, even up until the moment it's too late case in point, my right hand, Um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, he's apparently getting to get to experience the stranger for a while. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. uh, But I, I, I think, I think from 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 what I meant by that is, is Alex. I could see because he loves this version of Lois. You can tell they've written it that way. They've done a really good job of showing that is how much he loved his wife, and he sees the same things in her in this in this yeah those same qualities yes and and you know eventually there will be a big enough bad that he will sacrifice himself. And he will then let her know, like, on my earth, we were a thing. You know. We you were my everything, and vice versa. Um But I, I don't see that
1: happening for a couple seasons. Right. Yeah. But. I mean, there's still a lot of story they can use with uh this this version of Luther, who I I'll admit I was kind of skeptical just based on you know a lot of experience with seeing how not just cw but wb and dc treat some some a lot of their characters i have to say so far i i do like how they've approached this you know this this luther so i yeah. i am looking forward to seeing everything how how everything plays out with him and his relationship with lois as the reporter marcus uh, yep <laughs> And when he f- finally comes face to face with Clark, yep, yep.
0: I want to see him come face to face with Clark, not
1: cat. Yes, that's what I. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, and I, I said Superman earlier for the sense of yeah,
0: no, no, I get that, it, but because he's come face. I think to face, you're right. Faces. He's come mask helmet to face with Superman. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I actually I, yeah, yeah, I'd rather
1: see that too. I, yeah. I, I'm just I'm
0: I'm excited for the series. Like you know, is it Wednesday yet? Um, because <laughs> so, I watch it on Wednesdays. It's on a Tuesday nights. So watch it on Tuesday nights if you if you can. But I I, I like watching it on the app. Um,
1: I, I'm in the I'm in the Wednesday club now that I got rid of YouTube TV. So
0: welcome to the club, Daryl. <laughs> we have Fireflakes in sweet cream. Oh, sweet cream ice cream. It's my one of my favorites. <laughs> dol whip, dude, <laughs> all the way, dol whip. Um, cool. All right, so out of five kryptonite darts to the chest,
1: I got—I give it a four and a half. Uh, I this this may be my favorite episode of the series so far. I mean, we're only six episodes in, or if not, it's up there. I just loved everything they've done with Jonathan and Jordan. I, I love how they've kind of slowly turn the tables on you know who's the popular brother and Mm -hmm. some of that strife you were talking about that jonathan is feeling and the the warranted anger that he feels towards jordan because again remember he didn't want to go out that night right 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 so that's another one the other thing
0: too is jonathan stepped up this week and got that touchdown yeah and was like well turn it around and
1: yeah and they stopped metropolis yeah so, and, and, oh, there's another scene that really got to me as well. Uh, I forgot to mention this during our talk was during the game when, you know, they, they dogpile Jordan and mm-hmm. then, you know, his powers or his abilities are about to come out, which. Oh, yeah. The first time, the first time it happened at school, Jordan or Jonathan calmed him down. Mm-hmm. This time he was like, I can't hold it. Yeah. And then Clark was like, let it out.
0: Yeah. And put his hand. And like then, that. That's crazy.
1: Uh, and you could see the discomfort and pain that Clark felt, yep. like taking that blast that close. That scene, that just that was such an incredible scene of you know seeing a father, you know, mm-hmm. the sacrifice he would make. Oh yeah, that's he Clark Kent's dad. His son that's, safe. that's Clark Kent's yeah. dad. It was amazing. So. That that was amazing. All so right. um, yeah, I love yeah. what we're go- We we have so far. So, I love yeah. this episode.
0: So. I too, four and a half. Um, I'm excited to see more. So yeah, all right. That's the episode. Oh. Uh, oh, question. Sorry.
1: Yeah, is it Wednesday yet?
0: <laughs> no, almost. <laughs> it it is Friday. It will be Wednesday next week. Um. <laughs> all right. So if you guys like what you're hearing, five star reviews, iTunes, Spotify, uh, subscribe on YouTube, watch along there if you like. Um. There's timestamps. I think. Well, there's. T- I don't know how the timestamps work because I put the timestamps in the show notes. Um. But anyway. Uh. Yeah. So make sure you watch Soups and Lolo next week, mans and ladies and everybody else. Um, it's really good, and I think amazing. I think I think they cast it so well. Um, yeah, I Tyler. Mean, Ty- I mean Tyler and Bitsy we already had, but like the addition of Wally Parks, I think he's just he adds a ton of just like genuineness to the role because he's likable even when even even in premium rush when his character was a douche like you still kind of liked him (laughs) so (laughs) it's like yeah you know i kind of get why he doesn't like joseph gordon levitt's character i get it i don't agree but i get it um and and you know i i i still i still am having a hard time with dylan walsh as sam lane um but that has nothing to do with with Dylan Walsh. I think it's the the weird motivations they've given Sam Lane.
1: So, I, yeah, that's the one hiccup I would think as far as from the main you know and t- supporting cast of characters and how they're writing a character is his. I I don't know. I there's just something about the way they they write his character thus far that I'm not quite down with.
0: All right, we'll talk about more th- this more next week. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend. Hope you had a great weekend, and we'll talk to you later.
1: Peace out. Bye.
0: The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast. Our website or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from me.michaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.